So heart energy, heart tones, heart energy. And we've used uh, embodiment to uh, bring the chitta, bring the heart, mind online. And so often, uh, because our system is, can be so disconnected, that our thinking minds are doing one thing, the emotions are sort of spinning somewhere else, and the body is somewhere else, you know. Or not not available, and so we're using this embodiment to. This is samadhi principle, mindfulness principle. You create a, uh, a holding frame, and then you begin to use sensory embodiment to bring everything back together, because bodies feel and hearts feel. Yeah, and this is the feeling quality, is the peace that body and mind share and this feeling quality is associated with sensation for the body but where the heart and body meet it's no longer sensation it's energy see the mind doesn't experience sensation the mind experiences energy the body experiences sensation and energy the meeting point is energy and energy is vitality it's that which enables us to do even move one thought in one direction that takes energy um, to hover and linger means your energy stays steady and hovers over something to recognize you pick something up even to release is a certain energy just softens and loosens so by energy I don't necessarily mean effort I don't necessarily mean energy in terms of great vigor um, there's an energy of release. Uh, if you contemplate your breathing, breathing in, breathing out, distinct energy differences, and the energy in pause is like a, just a storage where things can settle into a non-active, activated state. Non-activated doesn't mean there's no energy. It just means energy is collecting in potential like a battery. Yeah? Um... So energy is not just about doing lots of stuff. It's the fundamental medium of life. Important piece to get, don't you think? That's what life is. Uh, and so moderating and steadying this obviously affects our vitality, affects our composure, affects our um, actions, what impulses, what actions we, we move out on and how they move. Do we, can we move psychologically, emotionally in a smooth, steady, coordinated way or is it just jumps and starts and sputters and lurches, you know? <laughs> Which is some of the time. So how does this get smoothed and steadied and uh, made um, skillful? Uh, and realising this is actually... Um, conducive to liberation from unskillful energies, unskillful states, unskillful formulations, unskillful residues of stuff that's stuck from the past, useless habits that are reiterating the regret and addiction and compulsion. You're coming out of those because you've smoothed out the energy lock 
that keeps them there. Now are they locked? They're locked psychologically as I am. I was. I always am. That's the psychological lock. I am one of these. I am always this way. So that's a very difficult lock to undo. You can't just wave an atar at it and expect you to go away. <laughs> but you can unlock it on the bodily level. Oh, that compulsive activated surge isn't there. Oh, I'm not that. I'm not that compulsive, addicted, frantic being. That's just the form, just a, a formation, a sankara, it's called. A sankara that inhabits, that's got stuck there. And we can just, goodbye, let it go. And how's that feel? Energy of release. And the Buddha says you can detect these in your, in your own body. By which uh, I imagine... <laughs> Uh, he's referring to the somatic domain, that is the energy body, the body we experience when we close our eyes, really get past sensation and go into how vitality, how energy is happening for us in this embodied way. It's a filigree, uh, a fluctuating filigree net of, of um, energies that, that, if they're contained, collected, form kind of subtle, subtle body. And it said, the Buddha says, there's no body more refined than this, this subtle body. And uh, so that's associated with the physical body, but the, the, the breakup of the physical body then is, is, is released. So this is good to know because it's not necessarily dependent upon uh, feelings healthy. The Buddha, in his last days, when he was last few days, when he was suffering from this um, some kind of um, colic or um, intestinal disorders, and I think bleeding to death or internal bleeding, anyway, messy ending. Still, uh, his energy body, even though he wasn't physically that vital anymore, so his energy body was still intact. And he was saying, you know, any questions? And apparently his passing, he moved into these jhana states and just let it evaporate, you know. Let the energy just release from all form. And who knows where that goes, but imagine subsiding where energy does rippling out and subsiding and not reforming into another entity, ending of birth. Um, so this is, say, you know, just bearing in mind we're not making a big thing about the physical body, but do rec recognise that within the physical body there is a somatic body that is not necessarily contained by the physical anatomy. It can be embedded in it, it can also release from it. Uh, um, and it is very attuned to 
psychological jitter effects. And to the extent in which you know powerful jitter effects can affect the physical body. And great Dhamma teachers have been known to they say when I get sick I cure myself through Dhamma and as they turn the jitter towards Dhamma qualities and the energy begins to get re-established and that re-establishes their physical health. And in one of the Parita we chant, the Bojanga Parita, it's a recitation on this theme that when the Buddha was sick or these great Arahants were sick, they brought to mind the enlightenment factors and contemplated those and those citta then recollecting, abiding in the factors of enlightenment brightened, strengthened and its vitality are those factors brought around uh, restoration of health. So in this way then, jitta properly trained and properly organized and properly healed then can heal, have effects on the physical body. And we can see, you know, this isn't just exclusively Buddhist. Um, you know, you can go to Vudon in Haiti or West Africa. People can go into these trance states where they can put hot coals in their mouths and it doesn't burn. You can stick spikes in their cheeks and it doesn't bleed. You know, it's clearly some kind of jitter effect. Uh, maybe induced trance. Probably also things like the psychologies. Um, what you have faith in, uh, what your jitter aligns to in terms of faith. So it's not purely just a, a physiological um, effect, it's also a psychological or spiritual effect. And this is evidence, people walking over hot coals. But flesh should burn, but it doesn't. And so for our practice, Buddha Dhamma practice, and we say the quality of faith, for example, is a very powerful indriya. And if there is real faith, confidence, um, assurance, um, then it radiates into the jitta. The energy of that firms up the heart and firms up the body. So then we don't even notice and we don't feel impacted by um, discordant impressions. This is how the jitter starts to, as it grows up, as it matures, within this practice it starts to repay the debt. If we've looked after it, if we've secured and protected it, it will protect me, my identity, my personal package. Good to know, hey? And so you might say, well, why don't you spend some time just recollecting what your faith is, what your commitment is, what your, what your energy is, why you do this practice. I mean, is, is it reasonable or is it just something is lit for you that you are, this is what I want to be, this is what stands for me, this is where I feel clear and sane and integrated and appropriate you know, this is, and you keep resonating that meaning and your heart lifts and that lift has an energy to it and so the more the one can enter 
such things. Uh, we use the Dhamma faculties for contemplation, uh, not just list, but to, to feel their potency. And the jitta, when it's fortified, and the term that's used in the sutta is fortified by generosity, by faith, by learning, then it is uplifted. And so it's so important to establish this refuge place so that, you know, you're not just naked when the world hits you. You've got some ballast, you've got some, some substance there that just, you know, stands up. And you, this is where you get your payoff. You could say you, you, you know, you put practice, you does practice, and now reap the fruits and be sustained in that so that, you know, you, you don't get so um, knocked around and, and affected by the discord in the world of the people around you. So mention the enlightenment factors. You could also think of, consider the indriyas. But the biggest, uh, you know, the real um, supremes of these is, um, in terms of energy, is samadhi and then equanimity. Equanimity is a very, very wide span. It's got, a, it's like a, means it can cover fortune, misfortune, loss, disappointment, betrayal, happiness, excitement, success. It's all just not getting moved around by that. Sensitive to it? Absolutely. Sensing it, and yet the jitter remains stable, open. So he spends a little time recollecting and sensing, uh, perhaps first of all, where our, our faith, our encouragement, our aspiration, energy is, and lingering in that as a set for perhaps as a set of words or perceptions or meanings, and then trying to feel the, the energy, heart energy within that. And as that becomes available, sensing how, loosely speaking, your body, your embodiment, your presence, your here is with that.